Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Camp Benny's on oysters. About however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame. Uh, the reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them. Because if you break the record, everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. On this Thursday morning, here we go. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman. Producing is Jake and our sponsors today, the Belleville Meat Market, Boyd's One Stop, and Mainstream Marketing. All right, weather. 65 down on the island in Galveston. A little bit of light rain in areas. Uh, Today they're calling for uh, windy with thunderstorms likely. Rainfall will be heavy at times. Potential for severe Thunderstorms, high of 68. Winds will be south-southeast, 20 to 30. And that rain chance, 90%. They're calling for 3 to 5 inches of rain expected, but uh, everything I'm seeing, the heavy stuff's offshore and moving moving away from us. Just light rain uh, inland. So unless something other than that's going to develop out of this system that came from down south in Mexico, I don't know. But uh, everything heavy straight out from us and all in the Gulf moving moving to the east. So we'll take that. Tonight looks like uh, thunderstorms likely again this evening. There's a chance of scattered thunderstorms overnight. Storms may con- contain strong, gusty winds, low of 66, southwest 15 to 25, 80% tonight. And then for tomorrow, pretty much the same, about a 70, 70% chance of rain. And uh, high near 70 south-southeast winds, 5 to 10. So it uh, looks like a rainy few days here upon us. It's uh, it's warm. <laughs> anyway, tides for today, these are Galveston Channel tide predictions. We have two of them. We have a low at 11.38 a.m. this morning. It's a negative 0.4. Then a high this evening at 9.02 p.m., a 1.5. Sunrise, 6.55 a.m., Sunset 5:21 p.m. Our moon phase 93%. Current conditions right now looks like down at the Galveston Channel, it is 65 degrees with 63 degree water. East southeast winds 7 to 10, and at Eagle Point it's 60 degrees with 57 degree water. East at 11 to 13, 
and Morgan's Point, no report. That happens a lot with that monitor. Well, anyway, all right, let's go over to Sabine Lake and check in with old Bill Watkins this morning and see what he's up to. Bill, good morning. How are you, man? Hey, man, I'm uh, I'm doing famously. Still paddling right along. Yeah, well, cool. yeah. Heck yeah, yeah, man. Heck, you might say I'm finer and frog hair split three ways. There you go. That's that's splitting hairs right there. That's fine stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's uh, it's uh, we still we still got fish over here. Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, good. Got uh, got my new Louisiana out of state charter license renewal in the mail. Yeah. How they went up, that they went up you to back. $2,000. 2000 that's all? Okay, that's not a that's problem. That's all. Just, I just went up about two fifty. Mm. No big deal. So Man, that thing goes up to, about every other year, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. And uh, I think maybe I'm going to have to think real hard about that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. They must think we're made out of money over here. Well. Just I got to pay but, for that extra inch they added on to the minimum length. <laughs> <laughs> We're going from 12 yeah. to 13, folks. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, at least well, it wasn't. Uh, what was that one, those earlier calculations they were talking about, 13 and a half? Yeah. Remember, they were going to go up an inch and a half, so... Uh, well, I guess an inch is better than an inch and a half. I don't know. <laughs> I tell you what, a high cost of high cost of fishing is getting really high now. Yeah, it's uh, there's nothing uh, nothing inexpensive that you enjoy doing anymore. No, expensive. No, habit. you can't do. There's nothing you can do that's not expensive. Hunting's expensive. Fishing's expensive. Yes, it is. Wow. Never thought I'd see it like this, but... Uh, I was talking hey. to a guy the other day. He called me to check in. I hadn't talked to him in a while, a good friend of mine. He said, can you believe the price of boats? <laughs> I said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Compared to everything else, yeah, I can. I can believe it. He said, my goodness. Yeah. They're not selling very many of them either. I wouldn't think so. Not this day and no, age. No. It's, uh, you know, if you figure that some dealership somewhere has got a 9% loan on their floor plan, and they've got a bunch of big bass boats or bay boats sitting out there, you can imagine what that, what a burden that is and who's going to buy them. Is that what a floor yeah. plan is now? That kind of interest? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I remember when everybody used to scream when it was 2%. <laughs> yeah. I my don't goodness. know, man. I, well, they, uh, there's, I, I talked to a young man up at Rayburn. My son and I went up there fishing the other day. And, uh, but it, it was really chilly out there too. <laughs> I'll throw that in there. But we talked <laughs> to that young man. He he specializes in putting in electronics. He's really good at it. 
and uh, knows how to set everything up right. And he worked at a dealership in Beaumont for a long time. Now he's got his own place up at Braver. Nice shop. And, right. And he's found himself a niche that's making him a lot of money. Yeah. You know, the stuff, some people don't put them in right. Not not your rank-and-file dealership that does, does really, really quality work on depth finders. You know, right. setting up all that live scope stuff and all that. And he's he's really good at it. And he's got two hands working with him that are real good. And, uh, boy, they they do some innovative setups. It's amazing to see what they're able to put on. I watched him put a 19-inch uh, monitor on the front of a boat. A 19-inch. Yes. Can you imagine a 19-inch? Yes, sir. Man. It's about a 21-foot bass boat, but uh, a 19-inch monitor, and then <laughs> above that he put a 12-inch hummingbird. <laughs> he put a helix. No, it was a 14-inch hummingbird above the 19-inch garment. I, I was fascinated by that. <laughs> I thought, man, can that guy not see? <laughs> man, these uh, these brackets they're making for these to hold these uh, big units, they must be pretty good if you can put them on the front of a boat like that. Yes. I wonder how good this they're holding one, up. All them rough uh, boat rides. You know, the front of the boat's the worst place. It takes all the shock. You know, I, I looked at that frame they were mounting it on, and it didn't look that heavy to yeah. me. I, I'm thinking it might be it might be a little flimsy for rough water, but maybe this guy don't fish in rough water. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But that, man... Well, it's inevitable. The more you fish, you you're gonna catch one of them rough days where you're gonna just beat your brains out. It's gonna happen. Well, I I punched some waves <laughs> in the bass boats I had, and the kind of waves I went through would have ripped all that right off the front of the yeah, boat. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I you saw stick a guy rip his. Tr- yeah, I, I watched a guy tear his trolling motor off one time. He punched that wave so hard on Livingston, it just ripped his trolling motor off and laid it across the console right by his feet. Wow. You know, it had, if it hadn't been for the console windshield, it would have killed him. Yeah, it took his head off, probably. <laughs> Man. That's, yeah, there's a limit. And then I'm thinking, how in the world do you keep four depth finders that cost $4,000 apiece how do you keep all of that working at the same time? You know, you're talking about something that you pull up and down the highway and, and the rain and the mist and uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you a lot of these guys that are that are maxed out like that with electronics front and behind the console, that, that twenty grand's no no big deal to them. No. You know, that's uh you know, we talk about the boats being high, but once you get them rigged the way you want, two power poles, you know, four screens, trolling <laughs> motor, lithium batteries, all that, we're talking big bucks, man. Yeah, 
Big bucks. And for bass fishing, I think instead of buying twin crab claws on the back, the best thing to do would be to invest in two trolling motors. And that way, when one went out, you'd be able to just quick change the one on the front and you know, swap them out. Yeah. For a tournament, because well, if you've got spot lock and, and a remote on your trolling motor, you don't really need power poles for bass fishing. I mean, I guess you could make a point if you were bed fishing, you yeah. could use that. But uh, we uh, we were using a, a boat that my son's friend had left. It was a nice 20-foot Ranger, mm. and he... My son had been doing a bunch of work on it for him, and uh, they had to remove two uh, two of those, uh, uh, what do they call them, talons, Minkota talons, uh-huh. the electric ones. They, they uh, removed the bracket and two of them and got them off because they didn't work, plus the battery, a spare battery to work them. Uh, and that all of that eliminated probably 250 pounds of weight off oh, the back yeah. of that boat. Easily. And you wouldn't even believe how that boat performed after he took all that stuff out. Right. <laughs> I mean, the whole shot was incredible. And it was, so there wasn't anything wrong with the boat. It just had too much weight on the back. And, you know, a pair of talons back there that didn't work anyway, mm-hmm. that, that wasn't giving you much, but... They put a new trolling motor on there. They, uh, I think it was the uh, uh, the Ghost, and boy, that thing! You put it on spot lock, you hold yourself anywhere you want to. Yeah. And these new trolling motors, man, they'll hold you right where you want to. They don't sway. You know, they they'll they'll lock down. You just walk over and step on that button, and she's going to stay right where you stepped on it. And you can work on your tackle, and you don't have to worry about drifting off. Uh, it's That's a fantastic feature. And uh, all these new trolling motors are so quiet. Yeah. They don't make much noise. No, because these so fish, they get enough pressure, they know what a trolling motor is nowadays. Yeah. Let me yeah. knock this break out, Bill. I'll be right back at you, buddy. Hang on a second. All right. All right. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show 417 here in the Bayou City. A little rainy this morning. They're calling for a lot of rain, but I'm just not seeing it. Everything, you know, heavy right now is out in the gulf. All right. Let's go back to Bill Watkins. Good morning, Bill. We're back, buddy. Thanks for the hold. Well, I could use a little bit of rain on my garden out there. So yeah, everybody could, but not, you know, my forecast I read off this morning said three to five inches, but if you look at radar, all the heavy stuff's out in the gulf and moving away from yeah. us. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen, but, uh, hey, uh, I, the ground would just soak it right up. 
it it wouldn't it wouldn't matter to a hill of beans really. But uh, I've got some beautiful turnips out there. They they finally came up after two finally. months waiting on them. <laughs> yeah, two months. I I said I couldn't put enough water on the ground with a water hose to get those things to come up. Mm-hmm. And finally, after I just gave up here about a month ago, they sprouted. But not all of them, just a few. And those few are making some of the prettiest turnips I've ever seen. Awesome. <laughs> Big old greens. I cooked some yesterday. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this. After I threw up my hands and walked away. Turnip greens and mustard come. greens. Let's... We got about we, we got about two uh, one-inch rains over about a one-week one period. Mm. And uh, that dampened the ground enough to sprout those things. I figured it was too late into the fall for them to even come up right. Right. But there they are, you know. They're out there growing pretty, and I guess I'm going to be starting back fishing here real quick. Um, if it settles down enough for me to go Friday, I'll go Friday or, or Saturday. I might might have you a report, actually. But there's How about all the green fishing. foliage still on all the trees, man? Yeah, except the ones that are dead. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Usually by Thanksgiving, pretty much everything is turned and is fallen, you know. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we had like that, the drought this summer, it messed these trees up so big time that, I, you know, they lost half of their leaves. The ones that didn't die, the ones that stayed alive, lost about half of their leaves. And and uh, then we got some rain, actually got some rain, and they got in pretty good shape after that. And, and they're not even thinking about falling yet. They're still not, and you know, they're few of them are starting to turn you know the talus and stuff but it's it's a weird weird year it is weird and uh i've got i've got you just drive down the highway out here and you'll see a big pine tree dead ever oh yeah the know, pines took it on 800 chance, yards so. or so that yeah big pine trees and that's all going to be a hazard you know for yeah. falling on power lines and stuff like that that's i've, I've got two in my yard or off to the edge of my yard that are great big tall pines big ones and they're dead as a, a doornail boy all the are brown yeah that'd <laughs> yep. be some bad One luck problem. out there mowing your property and a tree falls on you that's oh uh, man <laughs> i worry about that i got one little pine about 30 foot tall it's uh it died I've got to cut it Uh-oh. down. I got I got six trees. I got to do this winter. Knock them out, man. I'm waiting for one of those yeah. real energetic uh, off days <laughs> <laughs> where I'm not doing yeah. anything. Just keep putting it off. Yeah, just keep looking at it and looking at it. And I know. It'll... There's nothing <laughs> uglier than a dead tree on your property. It looks terrible. No, that's true for sure. Plus, it's dangerous. Very yes, dangerous. It is. You but know, I'm and I was like- I was looking uh, big news out now. Galveston Bay closed two more oyster uh, areas, TX one and TX five. But I mean, the whole coast. There's 28 of these TX, you know, oyster areas, public oystering areas, and yeah. out of the 28, 20 of them were closed to start the season to begin with. And now Galveston closed too. I think uh, 
You've got two open in Matt. We've got two open here, uh, two and eight, and then in uh, Matagorda TX eleven and thirteen are open, and Corpus Is that TX. All? Yeah, TX thirty three in Corpus and uh, TX thirty four in a lower Laguna. So, actually, out of all these areas, there's uh, let's see, two, four, six open. Wow. Yeah, man, and that's. I was looking at other write-ups about it, Reuters, and some other uh, news sources were blaming it on uh, uh, climate change and uh, over harvesting. Oh. Well, they're having to close Come them because on. they're too small. They've got to be three inches to harvest. Three inches or better. And yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> but it, uh, man, there's just. Galveston, well, just like your lake over there, I mean, you're right next door to us. Y'all been through the same ordeal as we have in the last 10 or 12 years. Yeah, that's and true. And things have not been been right since uh, Hurricane Ike with all the silt that, that storm created because it yeah. was so big on the back end, that southwest sector of it, and and all the water it pushed in here. And and it was right in the middle of that big ship channel dredging project, which it breached all the all the sites, and spread that uh, silty, nasty spoil all over the bay system. And then, <laughs> you know, it's just uh, one thing after another. You know, salinities were so high back then, and then we went to the, what was it like seven straight years of flooding, and then seven you know, then straight the killer, years of floods. Yeah, then the killer was Harvey in twenty seventeen. That was. That was disastrous. So, it. Uh, I guess you can call it climate change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's nothing new under the sun. It's all happened before in history. Yeah, but I mean, we've it's, lost over two thirds of our oyster beds in this bay system. You know, that's just crazy. I I remember my dad and I used to go float a tub around and at Smith Point. <laughs> yeah, you just go cooning for oysters, you know. Yeah, we just go out there and pick up a tub full of them. Come sure. on, crack them. Big old oysters, you know. I thought, man, this is so good. <laughs> now, I bet that's probably closed. How in the world are oystermen going to make their living? I guess they're going to have to give well, up, too. We always talked about that. You know, they went after the the netters first i got rid of all them we were supposed yep. to be this see this unbelievable significant increase in fish populations and everything else and then they then they blame the decline of the fishery on uh bycatch you know shrimpers and they started the buyback yeah. program phasing them out and uh which there's hardly any shrimpers left my hat's off all of the ones that are still staying with it and now now the oystermen and uh, don't get too comfortable. Guys may be next, and then crabbers. Hey, it's it's coming. Oh yeah, yeah. I I wonder if uh, if they'll ever do a buyback program for fishing guides. They will after I retire. I can assure you that. Oh yeah, it'll happen. When after I hang, when I hang it up, then they'll they'll pay you something for your license and your boat and everything else. <laughs> this is crazy. It is. I guess we 
I it's happened fast, getting, too. Yeah, we're just ahead of our time, right? <laughs> we're I out guess. in front of it. Too well, far. And, you know, the, you know they, this that dredging project that lasted 10 years, that was nothing. Now they're doing the big deepening and widening of our ship channel. And then to boot, on top of that, they're gonna they're gonna dredge a channel from the ship channel to Cedar Point, which is right there where Trinity Bay and uh, Tabs Bay meet. It's gonna be uh, well, that'll probably be anywhere from five to seven miles long, coming from the channel to there, and then four hundred and fifteen feet wide and fifty foot deep, and uh, that's disastrous. Golly. It's <laughs> You can't, can't make this stuff that. up, man. We're just outgrowing ourselves, kind of like the freeways. We're running out of yeah. shipping lanes like they are uh, traffic lanes on the freeways. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Build man. it and they will come. That's the way it works. Never thought well, I'd live to see all this. I don't know when they're going to do it, actually start it, but they're going to deepen the ship channel over here. Yeah. I You're fixing to go through all that. And the state news, the state is actually uh, doing some of the funding on that project. So, well, see, uh, and the the good thing about yours, though, it cuts through land for the most part, and you've got true. all that Pleasure Island, uh, you know, spoil area, because that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's on land. Yeah. So, all we're losing is marsh. Which is I mean, we can we can put all the new substrate and everything we want in the bay, but if the <laughs> if the environment isn't right, it's not going to work. I mean, you create all this silt, and you either have too high salinity rates or too much fresh water. I mean, it's uh, by the time this project's over, I'm not even I'm not even talking about the Ike Dike in the future, but by yeah. the time all this project is over. I mean, the spoil islands that it's going to create when we do get freshwater floods, it's going to take forever to get it out of here. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, that the Ike Dike thing might be a real problem if they get a lot of floods. How are they going to get rid of that water? Yeah. You know? Well, it's, uh, it goes back to the hurricane? dilemma like they have in the back East Bay with rollover to closure there. When we do get some uh, big-time floods, I'm anxious to see how long it's going to take to get all that fresh water out of the out of the back of East Bay and the intercoastal and all that, too. Might turn into a freshwater pond. Yeah. <laughs> Might bass be bass trips. That's it. Oh, wow. Man, oh, man. Well, We've I, gotten I, too I big see. for our britches, man. It's just... Uh, Commerce, it just, just an explosion of growth around here. It's crazy. Well, over your yeah. way, too. I mean, it's, I oh, can't yeah. believe everything that's being built over there. I can't either. They can't even get the kids to school at uh, Sabine Pass. Wow. Yeah, there's, there's so much truck traffic on those two projects over there, mm-hmm. those two LNGs. There's so much traffic. They can't even get the kids to school and uh, they're they're building uh travel trailer parks way out on sea rim marsh yeah where the workers the uh, have a place to stay. Uh, yeah 
yeah, several miles down that road, it's developing, and they're just throwing in travel trailer lots to accommodate oh, all the workers. <laughs> yeah, one of my buddies has got a, a piece of marsh down there that he hunts, and on the opposite side, north side of the highway, they, they're building a big old travel trailer park right by his wow. duck lakes. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, it is unreal. There's so much <laughs> going on around here that it's, I mean, money is flowing. It's mind-boggling, uh, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't seem to be getting any of that. Mm. <laughs> oh, shoot. Hey, but, uh, all we can do is snivel and sit back and watch. That's it. It's out of our pay grade. Yes, it is. Uh, but we'll see. And I figure that those uh, little spotted speckled trout will they're so prolific, I think they'll probably survive all they'll of it. they keep hanging around. I've seen them yeah. go through a lot of, hey, I've seen some disasters over the years, and they're still here. They're <laughs> it's like my daddy here. said, you boys are mad at them. You cannot catch all of them. It's just not possible. <laughs> you boys are not going to catch all them fish. Yeah. I told somebody the other day I, I was in a relentless <laughs> pursuit to catch the last speckled trout out of Samine Lake, but I think that I think that the Grim Reaper's going to come before I. Yeah, get I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you'll be pushing. You'll be pushing up daisies before that happens. Yeah, that you talk about a prolific fish. Those things. Oh my goodness! It, we've had two good spawning years now. I know those things are just. You know, there's thousands of them. They're starting to get back to the numbers that we used to have. And, of course, you know, Texas doing the regulations that they're doing, um, that's allowing a whole lot of them to reach maturity. Yeah, so, I'm, you know, that's what I'm waiting on. I'm waiting for those mega schools of big ones again like yeah. we've had. That's, yeah. that's, that's big-time fishing right there. Yeah, that that is big time fishing. Yeah, it is. Uh, until until then, we'll just have to catch a bunch of solid keepers. That's it. But, uh, but we shall see. Well, there'll come a time when we don't have to say, "Well, I got another keeper." You know what? It, it yeah, you'll be saying, "I got another good one." Got another good yeah. one. Yeah, I sure I'm, hope so. I'd like I'm to waiting on it, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bill. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I'm going to run, and uh, I'll check in with you Saturday and see. Well, it depends on what this weather does. Yep. I do have some openings left. So. Okay. Well, throw them out a number, bud. 409-673-9211. Or fishsabinelake.com. And we can catch them. As long as All it right, don't man. get down below 50 degrees, I'm good to go. Yeah. Take care, buddy. Hey, thanks, Bill. Have a good day, man. Take care. You too. All right. That's Captain Bill Watkins over at Sabine Lake and the Belleville Meat Market. Every week they feature jalapeno, pecan smoked sausage, or whatever sausage they're smoking, and uh, they put it on special every week. You can try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available there in their meat market. And they have a full menu of pecan smoked barbecue. They serve that Monday through Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. We're talking pecan smoked pulled pork, homemade hot dogs, their chopped bris. I mean, everything they turn out at the Belleville is excellent. 
and they're now, you know, custom processing on pigs and calves. They do that all year long. You can order a half calf or a hind quarter and have it processed any way you like. And their wild game processing, no better place to have your wild game done than at the Belleville Meat Market. Also, they're making Vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. That way you can bring something home from your hunt the entire family can enjoy all year long. They're open Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Sundays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., and the Belleville Meat Market celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. On this Thursday morning, it's 437 here in the Bayou City. Oh, there's a lot of rain offshore. I'm looking at radar, and that's just, uh, man, I can see if that was on land, that would be three to five inches of rain today. I can assure you that. But it, uh, there's some light showers, you know, just light and moderate rain down, you know, from Corpus up through. You know, Rockport, Port Aransas, all through there, moving this way. Everything that came through earlier this morning, it wasn't much, but it's uh, all over towards Beaumont now. A little bit up towards uh, San Antonio, but it's all real light. The heavier stuff is definitely out in the Gulf of Mexico. A lot of red and yellow in that. That's, uh, That's what some people would like to have inland. You know, some people really need this rain. But uh, as far as I can see, the forecast is saying one thing, and I'm seeing another. So imagine that. It's kind of like fishing. You got a trip. Don't cancel it the night before. Just (laughs) wait till the next morning, get up and look at it. Get up extra early, then make the call. Because a lot of times they uh, completely miss. You just never know. And getting back, I got a text. From a listener, he's wanting to know the closures again. Bill and I were hitting on the oyster. You know, those two areas closed here in Galveston. It was, uh, those were uh, TX1 and 5, those two areas. And uh, you've got two open in Matagorda, 11 and 13. Two in Galveston are still open, TX2 and 8. Corpus 1, TX33 in Lower Laguna. TX-34. So, actually, when the season started, 20 of the 28 areas were closed. And now, you know, instead of eight eight areas being open, there's only six on the entire Texas coast. So, that tells you how critical things are right now. All right, let's, uh, let's run down to Matagorda. We couldn't get Richard this morning. I hope everything is okay with him. But uh, let's go check in with Captain Charlie P. this morning. Charlie Paradoski, what's up, buddy? Hey, man. What's happening? Oh, not a lot. How you doing, bud? Uh, another day older. I know that. There you are. You old codger. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Boy, remember when I called Jack Montgomery and them that they they got a kick out of that so big time back then. They were they were like our age then on a dove hunt and we were young. And uh I told these guys, they said, Man, we can't we can't shoot any doves. I said, Well 
Those old codgers down there have been limited out for the last 30 minutes. Go down there and stand by them and shoot. And uh, Jack heard me say that. He he always, every time I saw him, he said, hey, old codger. Yeah. I, I had an old codger in the boat with me yesterday. They brought Maurice with them. Yeah. Oh, man, there there's your codge right there, old pop. Uh, I'm telling you. How's old Maurice doing? No, he's looking good. He is. Moves a little slow, but uh, looking good. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find him any fish yesterday. We we waited all morning. We caught three trout. But, uh, they're catching fish in the river to diversion. There yeah, wasn't many people fishing yesterday, but whoever went over there caught them. But, yeah. You know, there's plenty of clear water in East Bay. It just, uh, I'm sure somebody got them. It just ain't everywhere, Mickey. <laughs> you're either no. on them or you're off of them. You That's know? right. Uh, it's uh, it's fishing. Now we're in we're in December, the best fishing month of the year. Yeah. And, um, and we'll see what happens. We get some uh, get some weather. I'm sure we'll catch some fish after in East Bay. Oh yeah, but it, you I know, just, you're right. Uh, it's just you you got to you can't catch them unless you're on them, and it's it's not like they're everywhere. There's, you know, if you if you are in the right areas, and and a lot of these fish, they're they're near, uh, you know, they're bayous and rivers, and you know that's kind of the pattern right now where you know the majority where the most fish are being caught that yeah. I'm hearing of, and. And I just don't think them shrimp have fallen out all the way. I mean, they went, you know, normally we have bird activity in East Matagorda Bay, and uh, I'm just not seeing it. There's more bird activity in the river than there is in the yeah. East Bay. <laughs> you know, Maurice, we were, we were wading in Hog Island, and he he said, you know, we used to look out there to be birds working everywhere. I said, well, it ain't happening now. I can tell you that. We got a lot of birds, you know, working here at times, you know, right after the fronts when the when it's high pressure and they you know, everything's out deep, you get a little dump of shrimp and but they're all they're either bull reds, you know, some you'll hit a school of slot reds on occasion. But uh yeah. if it's not that then it's you know, a lot of undersized trout, trinket trash and uh Well, you know, Last year, I mean, totally different from last year. Last year, there were 15, 16-inch trout everywhere. Mm-hmm. Sand trout were a pain in the butt. It ain't happened yet. You know, it's it's happened a couple of days. You get you get a front, and then uh, the right weather for one day or two, and, uh, and you'll have some activity, and then that's over with. Right. So... I don't know. Don't know, but you can sure catch some fish at the river to diversion right now. Right. Right now. So, I guess it's going to happen. I still think it is. So. Well, we're hoping anyway. Yeah. Yep, but... Uh, 
No, Maurice was looking good. Yeah, he's when, when you he's, when you he's got plenty of money, really you well. can look good. <laughs> when you got what? When you got plenty, when you got plenty of money, you can make yourself look good. <laughs> yeah, no stress. I don't know. Some guys that got a lot of money, they end up stressing themselves out and aging bad because they're worried about their money. Yeah. <laughs> Still using that same Lamar boat all these years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, we, hey, when we bury Maurice, he needs to go in that boat. We need to just get several grave lots and just bury him in the make boat. A, the old Lamar, yeah, make man. a casket out of that boat. That's it. I mean, every time I see a Lamar, I always think of him. I mean... I was driving somewhere the other day and saw an old one sitting in somebody's driveway. You know, it probably hadn't been used in years. And I thought of Maurice and my dad. My dad loved him, Lamar's. He ran them forever. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, we didn't have many boats around back in them days. No, you know? we didn't. I mean, that, uh, those were good boats for what they were. Yeah. Now, this, this day and age, times have changed a little bit. Yeah. Used to Especially put three or four people in it. <laughs> used to put three or four people in a seventeen foot boat. We just everything was just fine. No, no GPS had a compass, and that's all you needed. Boy, we ran some Dang. car rigs back in the day, didn't we? Yeah, buddy. Caught fish though. Yeah, we did. Had plenty to catch. What was that boat you were running when I first met you? Uh, that Falcon. Was it, or no, it was a striper, wasn't it? I had uh, the very first one that I was using in, in the 70s was called a Norwester Cruiser that I got from Gibbs. <laughs> Norwester Cruiser. <laughs> right. And it even had a windshield wiper on it that worked. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I sold that boat to a doctor. He bought it. <laughs> put it in his garage. He bought it just because he said it was a lucky boat. Bought it and put it in his garage, and I don't think he ever used a damn thing. Well, not unless Charlie was running it. That's why it was lucky. <laughs> yeah. Might have had something to do with the driver and the fisherman. A little bit. Maybe so. And then you had a striper after that, right? Man, I had so many, Mickey. Uh, yeah, the striper <laughs> came next. Then went to a Falcon Cougar. Had a lot of boats. Had 11 El Pescadores. Yep. I remember you ran them El Pescadores. Yep. Five Tritons. Yep. About five Lanies now. Six of them, I think. Oh. Well, that's been a good fishing platform for you, hasn't it? Yeah. It's, it's actually, I think, the best riding boat, mate. You can have back problems and get one of those boats to do just fine. Right. Uh, yeah, we've been through them. Been through some fish, too. I wonder who's had the most boats on the Texas coast. Cliff Webb's up there. He's had a bunch of them, too. Yeah. I'd have to sit down with pen and paper and... Just start at the beginning and go all the way to now to see. Well, 
I've had this Kenner forever now. I bought it, uh, what, back in 2003. It's 20 years old now, and I'm still running it. <laughs> it's yeah. a good boat, man. Yeah, they built some of them to last forever. Look at all yeah. them waggers that are still out there. They ain't going nowhere. No, nope, and my old whalers. Galveston but now it's different. It's now it's speed. All they care about speed. How fast will it go? Yeah. <laughs> you know? All we had to do was worry about getting and getting where we were going and getting back. I'm trying to remember Take those uh two Lamars that Pete and Uncle Joe ran, old Joe Max in. They were those snub-nosed 38-looking boats. Remember how the bow was a little different on them? They were 16-footers. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure do. Big Red had one. Uncle Joe had one. And then, then Pete, he couldn't stand it. He had to step up and give him a Lancer like Maurice's and my dad had. And uh, Satterwhite had one that uh, he had finished, and it was just sitting there, and he wasn't even going to sell it. And Pete talked him into selling it to him, that blue one he got with a white top. And he bought that huh. from him. Yeah. Yeah, there were some good boats. Yeah. I remember Butch Moody had one, and uh, you look at his boat, it was solid chewing tobacco. He only did was spit in the floor, spit on the wall. <laughs> and run over everybody. Remember when he got oh old, he God. couldn't see. It was like, yeah. remember when? But remember that time Bob Brister went with him, and uh, they went up to the spillway. And Bob's going, I hope nobody recognizes me in this boat because <laughs> he, <laughs> poor old Butch. I mean, that guy caught a million speckled trout in his lifetime. But man, they're in the old years. Probably what they're probably saying about us now. Them guys can't see. Look at him running over everybody like Mister Magoo. <laughs> we were in that in that uh, Houston lighting power plant. Me and Maurice, we caught about two hundred and fifty trout. And Butch, they were on that wall. You know, you had to you had to get a spot on that wall, or you you were going to watch people catch fish. Banging and, uh, the boards at the spillway, man. <laughs> we got ready to leave and. Uh, Maurice said, Butch, come over here and get this spot. Man, he rammed us. Didn't even give us a chance to get out of that spot. Yeah. He'd be going nuts watching us catch all those fish. He was something. <laughs> and then, then you'd get those rodeos on inner dows. It'd be, it'd be like a big circle of boats, and everybody's on the inner part of that reef, and everybody's throwing out in the middle and uh, catching trout. They got them surrounded. And... Then here'd come old Butch Moody, and he just idle right through everybody and get in there and get him a spot. It was that was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, he so wasn't real popular. You couldn't even, yeah, you couldn't even chop them up. There were so many fish in. You couldn't ruin fishing. You could run all over them and still catch them. Yeah, and after you caught them all day long, the netters would come and go through that at night. You'd think they'd wipe them out, but it'd be just as good the next day. Yeah, we'd uh, we'd get to Beasley's or Dallas the next morning at daylight, and we'd have to wait for the netters to get their nets up so we could start drift fishing. I mean, you immediately that? start That's catching crazy, fish. Man. Yeah, just yeah. how many you want to catch? Two, three hundred, and go to the dock or what? <laughs> All sizes, two to eight. 
Yeah, good ones. board. Good ones. Pretty crazy. It's changed now. Yeah, it has. It's changed now. I had people to fish today, and we just couldn't make heads or tails of this weather. I, I, I saw one channel that said that stuff was going to go out in the Gulf and 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 move out there, but uh, well, they were right. It was too much. Yeah. And, Lock uh, that channel in. That's one you want to go chance, by. So. <laughs> right. Ray Stanley yep. sent me a text. He said, back in the day, you know, we'd always run from Trinity Bay over to East Bay. And when you're around in Smith Point, you could tell how many uh, people were on Hannah's Reef by the amount of, uh, you know, the sun glare coming off all the windshields on Lamar's back then. Man, all the boats had windshields across the front back in the day. Yeah. You'd see all that and go, well, <laughs> I'm going to go on around the point and go towards Deep Reef or somewhere. Hannah's man. How many? I mean, I've seen 300 boats on that reef at one time and everybody catching a fool out of them. Yeah. Especially when all them big, remember them big old surf tide runners that move in in July? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just pour in there. We had some fish in lots of places. You can go anywhere and catch a few. That's exactly right. And then you hit that big school and stay with them. Mm -hmm. All day. Couldn't get enough of it. No, you really couldn't. Now we're out here grinding for a few. Yeah. Well, maybe it, they'll all grow up and it'll all turn around. I'm trying yeah. to be as optimistic as I possibly can. Well, we we got the pressure for it to turn around for somebody. It, uh, there's a lot of people fishing nowadays, Mickey, a lot. There is. And, uh, well, the problem is there's a, there's, there is a lot, but the, all the, uh, a lot they're all they're all plugged in they're yep. just uh you know they're you know the way everything networks now with social media and everything else i mean it's just everybody's on them back in the day you know 90 percent of the fish pulled out of the bay were by 10 percent of the fishermen yeah and, and now 90 percent of the fishermen are pulling fish out of the bay Right. They're catching it going and coming. Then you got yes. more sharks, more porpoises. So. You know, they say a porpoise eats 25 to 50 trout a day. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, How many does a bull red eat? Shoot. Who knows? If they just eat two a day with all the bull reds I've seen, that's a lot of trout in one day just... Just by redfish. Yeah. Them bull reds will eat a, spe a small speckled trout in a heartbeat. Hell, I've seen them try to eat two pounders at the boat. Yeah, I have two. I have two. Oh, uh, well. well. Well, Charlie, I'm going to bail out of here, buddy. If somebody wants to call you about coming down to Matagorda and fishing with you, how do they get a hold of you, bud? 
call me on my cell phone, 713-725-2401. All right, Charlie P. I'll talk to you Saturday. You you take care, man. Take care, Mickey. See you, bud. All right. All right, it's Captain Charlie Paradosky down in Matagorda. It's time for our top of the hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 